Welcome to A Social Disease, a podcast for recapping and relating to Degrassi The Next Class. I'm your host, Jesse Mack. And I'm Carly Jo Gear, also a host. In this episode, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 4, Hashtag Not Okay. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have a special guest. My cousin, Carly's sister, Beth Duhame. Welcome, Beth. Hey, don't boo me. That's really fresh, and I'm telling mom. <laughs> Through a Ouija board. Yeah. When I die. <laughs> when I go to hell. <laughs> oh, cut that out. That's too dark. All right. Uh, so, Beth, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you were in high school versus who you are now? Um, I was a huge nerd which is still true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I never like I never didn't have friends. You had a lot of friends. Well, I was always really good at like smelling my own <laughs> and like I could sense when someone was as big of a weirdo as me and I would just kind of like mosey on over and like just befriend them. <laughs> be be weird next to each other. Like literally one of my friends from high school, we met freshman year because we went into gym class and like I looked around and there was like the girl that definitely nobody wanted to be partners with. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to be partners with her. And so I spotted my friend Tina and I was like, do you know, do you know anyone in this class? And she was like, no. I was like, I don't either. Let's always be partners. And she was like, okay. Because <laughs> neither of us, neither of us wanted to be partners with the other girl that nobody wanted to be partners with. Right. So, yeah. So I, yeah, like I just, um, you know, I, most of my friends were either in chorus or band or drama. I was in chorus. But you brought the drama. But I brought the drama. I was definitely, I will say, I was really, really like intense Mm -hmm. in high school like I did not have like my anxiety and depression in check and now like my mental health is definitely something I've worked on Mm. and so I'm much less of a nightmare to be friends with (laughs) I agree you're you're less of a nightmare to be sisters with (laughs) now listen raise your hand if you ever put poop on your sister's face because I didn't (laughs) thank god the listeners can't see us at home speaking of nightmares Yeah, but it's different. I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream, so nobody knows. And so, yeah, who would you say you are now? Like, how are you different? Um, I would say now. I mean, I'm still – I guess I'm still still really a big nerd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I work in childcare. Um, I'm an associate teacher in an infant room, and I am a mom to a three-year-old and also a foster mom. I'm – Pretty much like in the caretaker role. Right. And it's it's definitely – it's been interesting to like go back and watch Degrassi um, and like kind of get it from the teen's point of view. But now like the perspective of like as a mom mm-hmm. and like thinking about – just some of the like some of the um, disagreements that ha- they have with their parents and stuff. I'm like a little bit identifying with the parent. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, that's like every time I watch like the Goofy movie now or anything that has Goofy and Max in it, I'm just like I really feel for Goofy. <laughs> like man, Max is an asshole. Like, but when you were a kid, you're like, yeah, Max, tell him your dad's embarrassing. He's Goofy. He's awful. And then you're like, oh, he's just trying to love you. Oh, oh my god, let him in. Thank thank God. Like Marshall's, you know, Marshall's only three and a half, so like he doesn't know how embarrassing I am yet but like he's gonna find out pretty quick <laughs> right now all of his friends think that I am
him the coolest right. and they all run to greet me when I go pick him up. <laughs> because many of them, like I was their teacher. So they're like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. you're coming to visit me. Like, no, I'm coming to pick up my own kid. Right. That's all right. I'll talk, I'll talk to you too. So we open up at the trap door. Maya and the band are playing for this greasy club manager who's impressed but condescending towards Maya. He assumes Jonah wrote everything. They book a gig with the potential for a recurring one, but they need to buy new clothes because rhinestone cowgirl look is not so hot. In her defense, she thought the audition was at the Texas Roadhouse. I guess they got rid of little mistakes because I think her outfit would look great in that restaurant. Oh my God, that would have been perfect <laughs> at little mistakes. Oh, I was just going to say that like I love the subtle joke of him being like, it's at 1030. Is that too late for you? And it's like, right. dude, you're asking high schoolers to play on a school night and then being like dress nicer, aka dress slutty right. so people buy more drinks. Like. That's pretty much what he was implying to a 16-year-old. In his in his defense, when he said, "Can you be here at 10:30?" she was like, "At night?" <laughs> like, "No, it's a it's a brunch performance. Right. Get here at 10:30 a.m." They couldn't put them in like the opening slot at like 8. Well, that's not where the girl band goes though. He said he had their other girl band canceled. It goes boy band, girl band, boy girl band. <laughs> All right, so we cut to Maya's house. Maya shares the good news with Zig and her mom, but her mom doesn't like the idea of her por- performing at a bar on a school night. It would be fine on the weekend. Mm-hmm, totally would. Right, and and Maya's like, Mom, it's okay. You can come as long as you give me my allowance to get a new outfit. Like, <laughs> you weren't going to let your mom come with you to the bar that you are playing at? Her mom calls her a little girl and is concerned about her safety, and Maya's like, that's kind of... Terrible double standard. And she gets all melodramatic. If I miss the show, I might as well be dead. Yeah. Oh, my God. She literally says, I've worked my whole life for an opportunity like this. Like, to (laughs) To play play at a a dive bar? (laughs) That is your, like, life's dream? Right. What happened to, like, you know, when back when she was playing the cello and, like... <laughs> I have questions because I'm like, okay, um, you know, Zig brings up that Ed Sheeran was playing in bars at 14. Right. And so I know we're all weirded out that, again, like, why is a band of 16-year-olds playing at a bar? Why was Ed Sheeran playing in bars at 14? Like, is it different in other countries? Maybe. Is America... I think it must be. Is America the well, weird one? Other countries have, like, different laws around alcohol yeah. and stuff. And I feel like at, like, a pub or something. But, yeah, so they're just, like, again, hammering in the whole sexism, the theme of sexism throughout this episode where they bring up Ed Sheeran and the mom's like, but he's a boy. Right. And you're a girl. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's like, yeah, she didn't – like, really, it's it should be any child. That would be – I would be concerned about any child band. Yeah. But she's also going to be there with – to her, like all her friends, like her band and a couple of her friends. They like, let all the friends it's in. It's not like she's going and doing a solo performance at some like sketchy place. Right. She's. Although like, again, mom perspective, like real talk, Marshall's not playing <laughs> at like a bar at 1030 on a school night. But it's his it's just dream. Not gonna he might as well be dead. You're the worst <laughs> mom Ever. He needs to get some new dreams. That don't involve the boss. He needs to get, get some, some sleep. <laughs> like he can throw, listen, if he wants to throw a concert in our yard, he can do it. At 10.30 on a school night? No. Uh-uh. Oh, oh, okay. 7 p.m. He can do it at 7 p.m. On Friday. That's so, so reasonable. On a Friday. We cut to the theme song and then we go into the student council meeting with Tristan and Winston. 
I don't see Zoe anywhere, so I guess she's not on student council, actually. No, she's just like student council groupie. Yeah. No, she <laughs> she is the president's wife. Like, that's what I think. She's the first lady of- Oh, she's first that's lady. That's I'm taking from it. Like, so obviously she had first lady duties to, you know, she has some photo ops to do. She was probably like cutting a ribbon on a new girl's bathroom or something <laughs> like that. So the budget has been approved along with a whopping nine new clubs. Student council goes hard at Degrassi. (laughs) Winston points out that VJ is making eyes at Tristan, so he has other options. But he, like, basically implies that the entire line of people who want to help him out for student council are gay. Because why would you want to help out with student council if you weren't, like, jonesing after Tristan? (laughs) I mean, if you want to help Tristan, (laughs) you're pretty gay. Yeah. Like, Totally gay. But I will say that even though at first, you know, Tristan is like, what are you talking about? But then VJ definitely holds that eye contact for three seconds, which means DTF in gay. <laughs> You're fluent in gay. Um, can someone fact check that at home, please? <laughs> um, well, if if we get some callers at some point, you know, if somebody wants to write in, um, I feel like I'm enough of a hag to say what I said, <laughs> and hopefully it's correct. I, and then, okay, so Tristan at the beginning, you know, he's really proud of student council, and he would give them a hug, but somebody smells like B.O., <laughs> and Winston is like, yeah, I ran out of time this morning, but he's so happy about it. He's like, yeah, I'm really sitting in my funk. Yeah, I'm pretty it. sure he's been, like, ruminating on that specifically because he wants to, like, give Tristan a stink hug, <laughs> and, like, Tristan's not going for it. Like, I don't want a stink hug from you, Winston. Yeah, Winston's like, slam dunk the funk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we talk about, like, Tristan... Okay, so Tristan referring to Esme as a harlot. Where does he get these harlots? Like, A, you know, more sexism. I also, I put in my notes that I really liked Tristan's blazer t-shirt combo. And that that's- I hate everything Tristan wears. That's probably why, like, the whole line of guys was outside. They were like, look at that blazer. <laughs> I need to find out where that came High from. High schoolers are always wearing blazers. Oh, they dress so adult in this show. It's <laughs> like, weird. I was lucky if I washed my hair in the morning (laughs) i know i was like a sweatshirt every single day even if it was like about to be summer i mean i guess i dressed up like eventually when i started you know working and was able to shop at hot topic i was pretty snazzy they don't sell blazers there I remember since I had the reputation of like wanting to be a fashion designer in high school and when they were doing superlatives um, and people were discussing who they were going to vote for for like what thing and somebody out loud was like oh carly like you should be you should win for most fashionable and I like looked down at myself and I was literally wearing like a sweatshirt and (laughs) jeans and like I hadn't showered probably in days but were you still in the clean zone in my mind um but, but it was funny because I think everybody else like as soon as the person said it because of the fact that I made purses and stuff and sold them to people oh, they were like Carly purses. most fashionable and then like you could see like oh I don't know what I'm talking about look at her she's a mess that re- that reminds me we still get C. Joe Designs pens <laughs> now at my house yes because because dad moved because dad moved in with us and he's the CEO of CEO Joe Designs. <laughs> I love how it transferred somehow. Yeah. I mean not on C. Joe Designs, but like somehow they found him. Listen, C. Joe Designs and like the penis enlargement people <laughs> hunted him down and will not stop sending him mail. But like my favorite pen right now says C. Joe Designs, Keene, New Hampshire, and then it has dad's phone number. I actually it just came up from like 10 years ago that like dad bought 
the C. Joe Designs pens. Like he bought a he bought a hundred pack of C. Joe Design pens, what? and he was like, I "How thought, did that happen? I thought you and the girls at the diner could use them." I'm like, "Ah, thanks, Dad." Yes. He would leave them, like, we would go out to eat at a restaurant, and he would, like, sign the bill with the C. Joe Designs pen, and then, like, leave it as an extra tip. Yeah. And (laughs) for, like, three years, every Christmas card he gave, he, like, got a C. Joe Designs pen, like, on it. Like, he'd hook it on there. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. I have told so many people the C. Joe Designs pen story, and they never believe me. And I'm like, good thing I have a C. Joe Designs pen in my purse right now to show you. <laughs> Dad is so precious. Can, can I have one of them? Because I actually don't have one. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I want one, the one with your dad's number on it, not the originals. I got an Athena's by Carly Joe uh, pen in the mail, and I was like, nice, free pen. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to register like a fake business so I get like some sweet pens. Yeah, some sweet swag. Yeah. Oh, maybe we can get um a social disease pen. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. Get have your <laughs> just bu- tell your father. Have your business cards made at Vista Print because that's how the C. Joe Designs <laughs> pen debacle started. That definitely and and Athena's too. Vista Print definitely sold your info. Oh, one thousand percent. But I'm not worried about it. I think we should get a social disease pens and put your father's number on them. <laughs> I think, yeah, we are. We are actually. We are about to uh, soon. We will be canceling his his phone. Yeah, because because he doesn't know how to use it. Right. Uh, except to make like Ariana Grande play or Cardi B or something. <laughs> yep. Um, but so actually, that'd be great because we can. They'll it'll go to someone new. <laughs> <laughs> It won't even, or like maybe Pops will finally figure out how to answer the phone and be like, hello? Is this, is this, I need to speak to the, to the proprietor of C. Joe Designs. What? You mean Callie? Callie? You mean Callie? Callie, where are you? What are you doing? And then the nurses come in and they're like, Phil, she doesn't live here. But, but we digress. So we cut to Tiny and Shay in the hallway and they're comparing test scores um, Tiny asked Shay to come to the movies with some friends. He doesn't just want to study with her. He actually wants to hang out with her outside of school. Frankie and Lola show up and they're like psyched for her. Is this a date? Does he like her? Um, Lola thinks the answers are in the text. They mostly talk about nerd shit, which is lame, <laughs> but they have a special code for good night that the girls gush over. But it's also really nerdy. It is. It's. Um, they mostly talk about marine biology, right? He let that do- after that dolphin poem from was that last week? Yeah, the, the, the dolphin poem. Oh my god! <laughs> I think that the dolphin was actually a metaphor for Shay. Ooh, Ooh she's his dolphin. <laughs> yeah, because she's slick. <laughs> so yeah, they have a code, and what was the code again? I didn't write it down. It was like it's about armadillos. It's like good night armadillo, or because they good armadillo, good armadillo. Yeah. And they that's because they sleep hours. 19, yeah. So, so does Bethany. Yeah, I totally do. <laughs> so do I. We should just start using that for like, uh, like a, if someone has like, like instead of like, that's a good one, be like, that's a good armadillo. <laughs> so I'm going to start using it. So Tiny, uh, again, with his sexual innuendo, it's all he does is have these when they come out with the test. And he's like, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Tiny's always got his Relax, <laughs> Tiny. Relax. So the girls are wondering, is this a date? Based on the text, they think it is. But there's a problem. Shay isn't allowed to date until after high school. Bum, so bum, she bum. goes, maybe I can get my GED? Casual. No big. I don't know. I mean, our brother got his GED, so like I'm pretty <laughs> sure that Shay could nail yeah, it. Yeah, right. Well, she just wants to graduate so she can start dating. 
All right, so we move on to the dot with VJ and Tristan. They're on a date. Um, VJ is going on and on about gaming, and Tristan is noticeably distant. He's fixated on his last relationship. They discuss how hard it is to find a decent gay at Degrassi. VJ thinks Miles is a complete doof for dumping Tristan because he's such a stud. And Hunter told him all about it. Like, Hunter <laughs> has the hot gossip. Right? Because I'm sure VJ was like, oh, my God, Tristan. And he was like, oh, yeah, my brother dated him. Like, right. You know what I mean? I feel like they, they definitely had that conversation. I feel like, oh, my God, Tristan. Why? If I was VJ, I wouldn't want to date Tristan because he's like – Talking about things that he's passionate about. Right. And he's already done this. VJ's been like, I'm very invested in video games, which is like a totally valid, you know, uh, hobby. Mm -hmm. And Tristan is just kind of like, I could give a fuck. I don't care that you like video games. He's just like too busy obsessing with uh, Miles. Yeah. It's like, dude. Like, can you, t I don't know, he just, it seems like Tristan is, like, unable to talk about anything but himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, VJ's like, so then the other thing that happened in the video game, and Tristan's like, do you think Miles will like my blazer? Right. <laughs> I miss, I miss fat Tristan. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I love him. Um, so they wind up, uh, though, finding some common ground. They're both into musical theater, and they get really excited about this and wind up holding hands, and it's, it's all, you know, Tristan's actually found something that he can talk to him about. Finally. And I just, I can't, the, with the whole Miles being a total doof, because why would he let a, a babe, <laughs> a total babe, like Tristan, slip through his fingers? Right. A total babe. Probably he's seen the pictures of fat Tristan, and he's like, you were adorable. <laughs> I mean, I know. He he's was, like a little babe. He, was, he had already done his, like, bleach blonde glow up mm -hmm. when him and Miles got together, mm. but. Oh, babe. <laughs> total babe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're back at the trap door. Maya and Zig show up late. They had to sneak out of the house to make the gig. A member from the opening act is super condescending towards Maya, he mansplains how to set up her own equipment and calls her Blondie when she doesn't want his help. Uh, this sets the tone for the rest of the experience that night. I just need to mention that the band that played before Maya's band. So who, good. Uh, <laughs> they're named the Wailing Lobsters. Oh my god. So it's important to note that they said that. Wow. And uh, also, besides calling her Blondie, what did he call? He called Grace Goth Princess. Right. But I like I like that nickname for her. Yes. I the th the thing with the the pedals and him like correcting her and like hovering over her and so then of course she made a stupid mistake because you right. always do when someone's like hovering over you like that. It really like it made me think about um, a time when I was in college and my car died because I had like a super old car. And I always had jumper cables and knew how to use them right. and just literally needed like another car with a functioning battery. And so I asked this guy I knew to like help me jumpstart my car. And like I just meant like I need you to drive your car over next to mine. Right. And then turn the key when I say, okay, turn the key. Mm -hmm. But like he literally like took the jumper cables like out of my hand and like did it all for me. And, like, not because he was, like, tr you know, like, clearly he was trying to be nice, mm -hmm. but it was, like, one of those, like, I know I know how to do this. Right. Y you know, I got to say, I don't help this stereotype because, like, I remember when dad used to tell me, 
to put air in my tires and I'd be like, I don't know how to do that. So I would literally go to the gas station and I would just stand by the air looking confused until eventually a man came up and was like. You would just wait for a man to and come they, help it you. It worked every get, time. Get out of it here. It worked every time. Like I would just stand there looking confused and then some guy would be like, do you need help? And I'd be like, yeah. But like mostly, I mean, I knew how to do it. I just didn't want to. Like I, was like, you know? like, I think I have to like bend down. This is Yeah. Cool. I was like, oh no, my thong's going to be exposed. I'm going to be Manny Santos all over the place. I'm like. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, in terms of me using men for that, I think it's okay. No. Like, stop <laughs> it on purpose. You are bringing down the entire gender eh. anti-feminist. I, like, I I help my husband jumpstart his car. Oh, Yeah, well, go. he's got soft hands. You know what that means. He does. He's very gentle. Your hands look like this, so his can look like this. <laughs> my, listen, I do have very rough hands. The lady at the state police barracks when I get fingerprinted tells me that I need to get a lotion regimen <laughs> she does yeah. what is with people being super rude to you like that like remember the, the I never forget the story of the lady nail you were getting like a pedicure and she's like yes she oh, yeah. you have hairy yes, legs she was like yeah she was like did you shave your legs today and I was like no I did yesterday and she was like some people shave their legs every day <laughs> I don't know what or or do you remember the story about the guy, the taxi driver, the time I was in New York with Aunt Lori and two of her friends and like the taxi driver was like, oh, you're very big. Oh but he like loved it. He was like, is your husband big too? <laughs> Do you- How big... How big are you? Like, He's I like, do you live my 600-pound life? I think he wanted to make a skin suit out of me. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about me, but like- He wanted to make one one of both of you for his, for his wife and himself. Yeah, him and her <laughs> skin suits. Like, so for some reason, people say the weirdest stuff to me. I don't know why. I mean, Bethany, you did say you were really good at smelling your own, so- <laughs> We cut to Shay's house. Shay's doing homework in the most uncomfortable looking setup possible. This like tiny little desk in the living room uh, while her parents are watching TV. They're slightly concerned that she works way harder than she plays. And speaking of playing, can she go to the movies with her intentionally genderless lab partner? No. They realize she's talking about a boy and that's not allowed. Shay, Shay goes, aren't we post-gender? Um, they're worried that she'd wind up having sex with him, but she says he's not like that, that he's so sweet and smart and all that stuff. That's why he's buying condoms all the time. Right. I'm like, I guess she wasn't around for any of Zig and Tiny's sex talks. Um, Yeah, but she was around when he said, show me yours and I'll show you mine. True. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But so they won't let her go on the date unless they can meet him first. Which is not necessarily unreasonable. Like, oh, they no. didn't even say. No, that's they like, fair. No. They were just like, well, we should meet him. And I feel like, again, is it just that we're adults now? And so parents say these things and we as adults are like. No, that yeah, seems that's, fair. That's normal. But like as a teenager, we're like, oh, my God, my parents are the worst. Oh, my God. Yes. Because do you remember as a teenager how obnoxious I was to mom yep. when like <laughs> I would be leaving to go somewhere and she'd be like, where are you going? And I'd be like, none of your business. I don't have to tell you anything. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, it's I, like. You weren't going anywhere weird. No, I was going over to my friend's house to watch like Monty Python and the Holy Grail for the 80th time <laughs> and not drink and not smoke and not have sex. Like, yeah, so just why go over and be a nerd. But like I did, I did not want her to talk to me about it. <laughs> I remember 
I remember me and Megan were going uh, to Walmart one time and mom was like, where are you going? And I was like, I don't have to tell you because I, 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 I'm 16 now and I don't know. And like she looked at Megan and was like, where are you guys going? And Megan like shrugged her shoulders and was like, Walmart. Yeah, because I wasn't like that as a teenager. Mom was like, where are you going? And I'd be like, Tim's house. Right. Who was my boyfriend who I was having sex with. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, if you want to know, mom, that's where I'll be. Um. Oh, I, I did want to say that – Um. I love that Shay's mom is a doctor. So that whole like teen pregnancy aspect like that. How many times and how many shows has that been done that it's always like and the the parent is a doctor and they're like, I see it. Ten things pregnancy. I hate about you, dad. Yep. I think he said something like, I'm up to my elbows in placenta. Yep. <laughs> like yes. That. Gross. Uh, Which yes. like still like I hate – like, oh, what? So do you deliver, like, one baby of a teen mother, like, a year? Like, it's not an epidemic. Right. Like, it really doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people who deliver babies would actually, like, especially know that. Right. That, like, you know what I mean? For, like, every 50 babies they're delivering, probably one is to a teen mom. Like, it just, yeah, it's very odd to me that that, that is, like, a very common trope. Yeah, you'd think they'd, it'd be easier for them to talk about it than, like, Maya's mom, but Maya, like, did a way better job talking to her about, about it than they did. Maya's mom's great. I love Maya's mom. Me too. This is kind of, like, another double standard situation. Like, they probably would let her go out if she was a boy. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, they were 100% like worried about pregnancy, and that was pretty much it. It right. was like you could get pregnant, and then that would screw up college, and then that would, you know, and so like right. if she was a boy, no, she couldn't get pregnant, and so, okay, go get your dick wet. <laughs> Gross. Yucky. I know, Bethany, that was a very me thing to say. Like, yeah. wow. I know. I think you took over my body for a minute. I did. I possessed you. That was raunchy. I think we freaky Friday'd. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I feel like I, not a lot of people use the term get your dick wet and like, but it's a term I use. I hate it. I actually remember- <laughs> Thanks, I hate one, it. <laughs> yeah, one time, <laughs> I think I said it to an older guy that I had hooked up with and- uh, Why are you I, hooking like, up with you, old guys? Because <laughs> uh, there wasn't a lot of options for me when I was living in New Hampshire. This was a <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you who it was, Bethany. Oh, God. Um, I don't think you knew about that. But anyways, uh, I'm, I don't know. Like, I think he was, like, very concerned that, like, I was going to think he was using me. And I was like, I mean, no, I don't think you're just trying to get your dick wet. <laughs> and he was like, ugh, like, that's the most disgusting thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Gross. And I was like, I forgot. I so I'm, like, tw I'm 23. <laughs> you're like. You always forget how gross you are when you're talking to dudes about your crotch rot and getting their <laughs> Oh, my God. And I know. <laughs> I know, and for some reason, men tend to find it endearing. I mean, what can I say? <laughs> They're like, look at this little trash baby. <laughs> I know. Look at this little trash face, this little dumpster child. They want to they wanna fancy you up like in um, – Pretty Woman? No, I was going to say My Fair Lady, but yeah, Pretty Woman, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm classier than you, so I was going to say Pygmalion, which is the play oh. that My Fair Lady is based on. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Keep that in, Jesse. <laughs> It's really important that you burped while I was talking classy. So we're back at the trap door. The band is playing a new song, and this one isn't totally terrible. According to you. It's so much better than like any song that's ever been on the show, I think. I mean, I'm still a really big fan of Not Okay, but anyways, we'll get to that later. Oh, God. Jonah is singing backup and it's hilarious. <laughs> Some a-hole takes a call and starts screaming over the music rather than taking his phone call outside. And I was like literally 
in the same situation last night, I was at a bar watching a band. My mom called. I went outside because I would not have been able to hear her on the phone. That's the truth. That, right yeah, there. that is true. <laughs> but I feel like, like, why are you taking a call in the middle of a loud bar? But I also feel like there's not an expectation that the loud bar is going to be like quiet. Like, right? She's not performing like in a symphony in a theater, and people are like taking calls. Like you're in a bar, <laughs> right? People are probably going to talk. Although, I mean, especially like if you needed to talk to someone about how you landed the Kia account. (laughs) So Maya gets super distracted by this and she can't deal with it. She tries shushing him in the middle of a song, but it doesn't work. The band tries to stop her, but she marches up to the man and tries to get him to hang up. Maya, what are you doing? (laughs) He just mocks her as some girl on her period. So she takes his phone and ends the call for him like a boss. He calls her a bitch, so she dunks his phone in a pitcher of beer. So, you know, while it was certainly wrong for him to say some girl was on her period, Mm -hmm. what she did was wildly unprofessional (laughs) and I'm pretty sure would never be hired back again, Like especially because that was a test run for them. The owner kind of like dug it though. He was like, hmm. Yeah, he loved it. He was like, yeah, please. They're going to give me some really low reviews on the internet because the person (laughs) in the band threw my phone, that that man's phone in a beer. Right. Can you imagine the Yelp review? Like I went to this bar, there was a girl, she was clearly on her period. She came and (laughs) took my phone and she dunked it in my pitcher of beer. Like she was, she was young. It was probably her mensy. Because it was definitely her first yeah, period. Yeah, I, I just landed the Kia account and I just wanted to tell people about it on the phone. And for some reason, this girl had an issue with it. And I liked her sparkly top, but she did not mean to end my phone call. <laughs> I really like I, I really did like her top. And I think that she spent her allowance money from her mom wisely. <laughs> I don't remember. I only remember her first look because it was a lot. It was so oh, sparkly. Oh, I like the sparkly dress, yeah. It was so sparkly. I loved it. I don't think it was a dress. I think it was a top because she had it with like pants. Yeah, I know. I thought she was going for that like circa 2005. It was a length that you would have worn as a dress. But <laughs> absolutely a length that you would wear as a dress. Carly Joe the Ho. Don't talk about, don't say my <laughs> stage name on here, Bethany. People don't need to know about that. We already talked about C. Joe Designs. So You're like, right. Now everybody's going to know all my endeavors. All your small vi- business ventures. All your, all your skeletons are out. <laughs> Carly Joe the Ho, CJ Designs. Um, oh, yeah. I also wanted to mention that um, this is like it looks like a divey bar, mm-hmm. but like they are playing like 100 percent pop music <laughs> and it does not seem to match up at all with the kind of clientele in the bar that they're in. But So we cut to the dot. Grace and Zoe are discussing the epic crash and burn of the gig when Tristan comes up and says, you can eat Grace's muffin later. Ooh. I love it again. Oh Netflix is like literally going for broke with these like innuendos. These are clearly, yes. Like, oh my God. I wish you'd be like, you know, eating Grace's muffin can blow your mind later. <laughs> <laughs> so Tristan needs advice on his new man. They're a bit skeptical because he's a tenor, but VJ reminds Tristan of fat Tristan, still young and full of hope, not crushed by a rich bisexual. <laughs> Tristan is sad because he didn't he hadn't heard from VJ yet, but it turns out he's a typical tenor who uses the Degrassi version of Snapchat to request another date. What was it called again? Oomph chat. Oomph chat? Yeah, like oh oh That made me feel like um pa pa Yeah, it's O O M P H Oomph chat. 
Is that like yeah, uh, on The Office? What was it called? Woof? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, and I love – I th- this is like the perfect quintessential. Like they name all the social media things. Face range, hastygram, oomph chat. And email. And don't forget about Darcy's Myram page. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. No, but I like, yeah, she she was like, check your email. And he's like, are you joking? It's like, who the fuck uses an email? <laughs> old, ass, old ass man. Shut up. Oh, I did. I just wanted to talk real quick about uh, Tristan's denim fest that I oh, yes. could not. I could not. <laughs> it was terrible. And then like like a Navajo print t-shirt underneath it. I didn't know what was going on. There. It was not a cute look. So we cut to some kind of class. I don't know which class they're in right now. It was Mandarin class. Mandarin? They were learning Mandarin. And you know what? I like, why are American schools garbage? How come they're learning Mandarin in Canada? I I can only remember like three Spanish words, but they're learning Mandarin. But our high school, it was after you graduated, Bethany, but our high school did offer. um, Oh, Arabic. Arabic, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that that was taught by my French teacher. Yeah, because he spoke both languages. So Yeah, he was trilingual. That was like super impressive. Gee. And his kids were trilingual. Like his young, like, oh my God, they're probably like graduated from high school now. But when I was in high school, he had like a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And you would hear the three-year-old talk and it was like she'd jump back and forth oh, man. between Arabic, French, and English. Like, and it was so impressive. And I'm like, meanwhile, I am getting a C in French. Oh my right? God, I did so bad. Which is this, like, I know, I was just getting pushed up based on my charm. Like, I really wasn't good at speaking Spanish, but they were like, that Carly, she does all her homework. She can continue. (laughs) But like, yeah, and I remember my friends complaining, the ones that took Arabic, but it was all like the really smart kids. Like, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't anybody who was even in level three classes. It was like the honor student kids that were in there and they would be complaining about it. But I'd be like, yeah, man, that's a completely different alphabet. Like, (laughs) I'm having a difficult enough time with like the three extra letters the Spanish alphabet has. Right. Now, I definitely wish that they would have started teaching language way earlier because mm. yeah, right? once you're in high school, it's like – Oh, it's too Your late. brain is already developed. Yeah, it's, it's not like, great. Like birth, like birth to five is like the language window. Mm-hmm. And like if you – like it's not going to – Like you can learn it, but it's just so hard when you're older. Especially when you go to a shitty American public school. Let's be real. <laughs> like I had, a, I had a little boy start in my class at age three who was not an English speaker. Mm. Did not like his parents spoke English, but he did he did not know a word of English because um, they didn't speak English at home. And he learned English like just in a month of oh, like wow. being in childcare, talking to other kids. Oh man, who spoke English? Like, can you imagine? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> it's fascinating. Kids are kids are smarter than we are. I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. <laughs> but so we're in Mandarin class then. So Shay is discussing Tiny's criminal past with Lola and Frankie. There is no way she can introduce him to her parents. It turns out Tiny used to deal drugs and got stabbed over it. A storyline- That was line. one time. I have not reached that storyline in my binge watching. No, I haven't either. forgot about it. Yeah, actually, I was like- uh, when we started at the beginning of the binge watch, and it, there's um, what's her face that's like dating the the gang member at first? Oh, um, Bianca. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bianca. Who like yeah? And I was like, they're not trying to make, they're not trying to say that's tiny, right? That like it's a different actor. No, no. it's I was Vince, like, but it's like his Vince, brother yeah. or something. I think. 
I think Wait, oh, some, is that supposed to be because are they supposed to be brothers? I think so because Tiny is Tiny Bell and that guy was Vince Bell. Oh. So I I think oh. I think they're probably gonna connect somehow later, like, but we haven't watched it yet. So she's kind of like nervous on the basis that like she's afraid he might want to hook up and she's not really ready to even go down that road yet. Yeah, and I like that what she's like what define hook up and the teacher is like it's something you will never be asked in this class. <laughs> and then she's like sorry, don't apologize, especially not in English. <laughs> I got some wild teachers at Degrassi. Yeah, but then she didn't apologize in Mandarin, and I wanted to know what sorry was in Mandarin. <laughs> I did too. I was hoping she would say it, but maybe the, the Degrassi writers were like, we don't actually know Mandarin. Right. I don't know why we're doing this, but. <laughs> I, related, I related a lot to Shay, like in this episode where like she likes a guy, but she doesn't really know like what she wants to do about it or like what you would even – do like it made me think of um when I was in eighth grade and a boy asked me out and we went out we we went out like we never actually hung out outside of school wasn't that Ian yes we clearly I turned him gay okay you did because I broke his heart (laughs) I felt so uncomfortable with the whole thing like I remember he like brought me like a present like the second day we were dating it was like nail polish or something and I like went home and like hit it and I was like oh this is a present from a boy I don't know what to do about it and like he would try to like hold my hand or hug me in the hallway and I would be like oh but I re- like I did really I had a huge crush on him and I really did like him and I was like so excited when he asked me out but then like the reality of it was like I don't know how any of this works like and I'm, I think if, if memory serves, I was a complete trash person about it, and I made my friend break up with him, and then I didn't come to school for a week. Oh, my God. Wait, you didn't go to school for a week? Yeah. Because of that? Yeah. Oh, my God, Beth. <laughs> Actually, so this is the, the exact opposites that we are as in terms of how we grew up, because, like, meanwhile, I was literally in eighth grade plotting. I'd be like, I'm going to put my sweatshirt in my locker. And so when I get to class, I'm going to be like, I'm cold. Can I borrow your sweatshirt? And then I'm going <laughs> to pretend to not re- remember that it's yours and go home with it because I'm a nightmare. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you were kissing boys? Oh, yeah, I was. Oh, I was kissing boys in middle school. Oh, and don't let's not forget the fact that when I – in high school, I, I made a purse that said, I heart Timmy. <laughs> so, like, I was really – a no bullshit kind of gal. I was like, everybody needs to know I'm in love. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I had like elementary school boyfriends. We sat together at lunch with all the other couples in fifth and sixth grade. <laughs> um, it was a very exclusive club. Ooh. <laughs> then I got to junior high and like lost all of my friends. I had a school that was made up of like four or five towns or something like that. So I, I had all the friends that I had in elementary school. So they all turned on me because this one girl accused me of telling on her for cheating. And she told all of her friends from elementary school and they all shunned me. And I was I like, I think... didn't even know she cheated. This is the first time hearing about this. I don't think I knew this. <laughs> no. I knew about you getting Hanson catfished, but I did not know. Oh man, it was terrible. So, well, people like, a bunch of people didn't want to be my friend because I showed up the first day of school with a Hanson t-shirt on and it was so like uncool it to was like them. it was very uncool <laughs> but i like stood up for myself and wore it on the first day every year after that because i was like fuck the haters <laughs> <laughs> a couple a couple mean kids ripped my hansen 
pinups from Teen Beat magazine right out of my locker. Oh, no. So mean. That's terrible. Kids were mean. Oh, but anyways, what are the point of that was that, yeah, I had no game. I had like a guy who was like obsessed with me who didn't go to our school and he asked me out constantly and I'd be like, no, we don't go to the same school. We don't go to the same school. He transferred to my school. <gasps> oh, I remember <laughs> I was like, that. Wasn't wow. he? Wait, wasn't he the cousin of the girl who catfished you? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. He is such a trash mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, but yeah, he would not leave me alone. He'd ask me out over email every single day. And I'd just be like, no, take no for an answer. I feel like this is like a last week discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, then in high school, I was just. I had no game. I couldn't tell boys I liked them. Like the the most uh, brave I would get with boys was to ask them to dance at the school dance. And then I'd like run away like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I was the queen of asking boys to dance at the school dances. And I would just pretty much like I would make it casual like we were friends. Right. I mean, we. I mean, most of the guys I asked to dance were my friends. But then I would like I'd sit there and chat with them the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure like I definitely danced with my high school boyfriend in middle school. Numerous times because it was like nobody's gonna ask you to dance, and the key was to pick to make sure you had a solid choice for "Stairway to Heaven" that was the last song because that <laughs> shit lasts over ten minutes, and you were like, oh my God. "Who am I gonna have to like w- weird slow dance until it turns to like too fast to slow dance?" But everyone's still slow dancing. Oh my god! I don't think I ever danced with a boy at a school dance. Oh, Bethany, man. you're a loser. Not even once. Yeah. Can you bring Greg back to a school dance so that you can get that experience? Because <laughs> I feel bad for you. Oh my God. We'll be like, we'll be like the J Man. You can and chaperone. That yeah, at the end of uh, Passport to Paris. <laughs> I really wanted to chaperone a school it's dance. It's our last chance I... to chaperone. To chaperone this random dance that's like open to children. Do you like... have a kid that goes here? Like, I don't. I don't have a kid that goes here. <laughs> Do I you think really love... they still play Stairway to Heaven as the last song? at most middle school dances. I don't know. I don't remember it being the last song, when, but maybe I never stayed till the end. Mm, oh, I always did. I was going to say, I'm like, it was always the last song at every every middle school dance, even some in high school. I probably I probably had mom pick me up early. <laughs> yeah, no, and, I, and like I was always the last person at the school dances and I'd be outside with the cops and they'd be like, <laughs> so uh, does your mom have a cell phone? And I'd be like, no. But she's coming. She said she was, but she's probably waiting for a commercial. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I was talking. I was talking with Greg about this, um, like the other day when I worked at the ice cream stand in high school, and I would be closing, and Mom would be like, "Okay, call me when you're done with all your closing duties, and I'll come pick you up." And I would call her, and she would be like, "Oh, they're just about to ask the million dollar question, so." <laughs> I'm going to come pick you up after that. And I would be like, no, come pick me up now. It's like 1030 at night. Like my manager wants to go home. Right. And so eventually, because the ice cream stand was like maybe like a mile, mile and a half from our house, Mm -hmm. I would start walking and I would get more than halfway home before I would like run into her and she would be so mad and like you can't walk home alone at in the dark. And I'd be like, then you should have picked me up. Right. If I get murdered, won't you feel bad? Uh, that was always the worst thing is, yeah, when your parents are late and you're just sitting there alone before smartphones, before mm-hmm. you had anything to do besides just think. Besides <laughs> like, talk to Merrimack 
police officers. Oh my god. And like being like last kid at the birthday party, like yes. the parents are like, we want to continue with our Sunday. <laughs> the party was supposed to end at 9 a.m. because we wanted you kids out of our hair. It is 10.30. Where is your mother? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to the hallway. Maya, Grace, and Zoe are discussing the trapdoor incident. Grace and Zoe disagree on whether or not Maya should have stood up for herself. To Grace, it's an important message to send that you're not to be fucked with uh, and to challenge misogyny, while Zoe thinks you have to play nice with the boys in charge to get anywhere in life. Zoe says it's harder for women in the industry. We need thicker skins to get through it. She says you can either have your dreams or your pride. You can't have both. Damn, that's heavy stuff. I mean, you know, they're both right. Like, to make it in the industry, you generally do have to play nice with the men yeah, who basically yeah. control everything. It's interesting that this was written before, like, Me Too and Time's Up, mm. because it's a, it's very much that conversation of, like, you know, women should not have to play nice with shitty men. But that's, like, Zoe's experience, because she was in the industry, um, she was in the television industry. I always forget that. Yeah. And she's, like, you know, she's, what, like, 16, 17, and so for her to have already figured this. that out is, like, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. For her to already feel like, well, dreams or pride, like, which do you want? You have to go along with, like, the asshole guys. That's just what you do. Right. I, I don't even think it's, like, really come out, come out. But, like, I remember hearing, like, slight things about all the controversy behind Nickelodeon. And, like, especially was, like, the the guys who, like, did all that. Oh, and, like, yeah. I think, I think the same, like, did Zoe 101. Like, there yeah. was, like, mad creepy shit going on behind the scenes of of – Nickelodeon and it was just like even teenage girls were like well this is just what we have to deal with um Amanda Bynes is like all screwed up because of that stuff oh yeah which is terrible but in her defense she does want Drake to destroy her vagina <laughs> uh she just was on drugs when she said it but she she's still she's still saying that's a true statement and I'm like I, I feel you Amanda I feel you. <laughs> Maya doesn't really contribute to this conversation much it's mostly like Grace and Zoe mm. Yeah, it's like they're having an argument on her behalf. Right. <laughs> and she's standing right there. Just listening, <laughs> observing. But yeah, so I don't know. I thought this was definitely interesting. Like, yeah, I, I agreed with both of them. Like, I was like, Grace is right. She should stand up to it. Like, if you don't nip this stuff in the butt, it just gets worse. I just wish it was something else that happened and not the dude talking on his phone. I wish there was a, it was a different issue because I'm like, as a perf- as well, I mean, it's different if you're in a play. Cause it's known that you're not supposed to be on your phone and yeah. stuff like that. But like in a bar, I'm like, I, you know, that's that's guess that's my hang up on it. Is that I'm like, what he was doing initially wasn't sexist. <laughs> he was just being a dick. I think like probably what they were like trying to get at was that like he was on his phone because he doesn't respect women. Um, like he's it, like, oh, yeah. fucking women. Uh talk over this woman on her period. <laughs> you see she's bleeding everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Zoe is right. Grace is right. But it shouldn't be that way. It should be that women sh- can stand up for themselves and still make it. But it's not, it's even, you know, years later, it's not like that. It's, you know, it's turning around a little bit with Me Too and stuff like that. But it's been this way for, for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Well, and what, you know, and that like, it makes me think too of like my perspective as a mom and the way I'm trying to raise my son. Mm-hmm. Like I saw that um, like a meme recently or whatever. I don't know. Like basically saying like we will be the first generation that teaches our 
like instead of teaching our daughters to beware, we'll teach our sons to protect women or respect women rather. Right. And I think that I think that is so important. Like we're finally telling our girls like stand up for yourselves and that's awesome, but we also need to be telling our boys mm. like women are people it turns out. What? Like- <laughs> They're not just like a means to to an end. Yeah. I'm not just tits on legs. (laughs) All right. So we move on to biology. Shay is struggling to dissect a frog. And Miss Badger comes. I think it's Miss Badger. I IMDb it. It looks about she right. looks like she likes to badger, so it makes sense. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's actually me. I think that was based on my life because she has some sweet, sweet buns. <laughs> yeah, so she comes over and helps a ton by saying, I once had a student who failed. She, she just, just couldn't, couldn't cut, cut it. it. Cue the laugh trick. And I love that she like walks away like, Oh, you kids. You wouldn't understand. That was comedy gold. <laughs> I know. She just literally like shows up, does her bad joke, and then leaves. Like, yeah, that, again, that's me. Just stick my head in, like, hey, here's a pun. Bye. So Tiny takes her hand and tries to help her, and she winds up just, like, jabbing the frog. She tells him she can't go to the movies with him. She has to look forward and focus on her goals. And Tiny's like, I guess I should, too. Uh, Then Badger busts in and is like, oh, look, you stabbed him in the heart. Oh, my God, I love that. I'm like, watch out, Tiny. Badger's coming for your spot. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Because Honey Badger don't care. I don't know. On the one hand, I was like, Shay, what are you doing? Like, why didn't you just introduce him to your parents? Right. But then also, like, legitimately, if I was, what, is she in 10th grade, right? I think so. Mm -hmm. Because they said the thing about she's the only 10th grader in 11th grade chemistry or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly probably would have done the same thing if a boy was like, do you want to go out on a date? I'd have been like, I don't know. I think I just stabbed a frog. (laughs) And I'd be like, yeah, what are you doing after school? (laughs) Every day this week. (laughs) All right. Then we cut to the restaurant. Uh, Lola is working and Tristan is begging her for the flower she's wearing in her hair because he wants to give it to VJ. Um, Who turns up but Miles and Esme. Oh, being the grossest. (laughs) They shamelessly flirt in front of him, and Tristan reveals that he's moving on as well. Miles thinks it's hilarious that he's dating one of Hunter's friends and says, you're robbing the cradle. Tristan doesn't understand why it's okay for Miles to date, but not him. And they creepily joke about being more like siblings and seal their weird kink with a kiss. Tristan's like, vomit. Gross. Yep, here comes Esme on the crazy train. (laughs) Choo-choo! Uh, VJ walks up and asks if Miles and Esme will be joining them, to which Tristan gives a hard pass. I'm like, VJ, what are you doing? Right. Why would you want that? <laughs> oh, it's your ex-boyfriend that you're still heartbroken over and his creepy friend. You guys want to join? Like, no. <laughs> I think they're brother and sister. I-, I thought Frankie was his sister, but I guess they're brother and sister. They're making out. Right? Is that how he's his with Frankie? Also, <laughs> I love them. I'm sorry. It's not even a make out. They're like... Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a really weird, yeah. like, little, almost <laughs> as if they were fucking Eskimo kissing, like, I, with their mouth. We cut to Maya's bedroom. She's crushed. She's ripping up all her music photos and crying in bed. <laughs> her mom comes in and freaks out. She saw that Maya snuck out because someone tagged her in a photo. So stupid. <laughs> She's grounded from everything, including music. Maya's like, fine, I'm quitting music anyways. Which you can tell by the fact that I'm throwing away all my pictures of me having anything to do with music. Mom simmers down and asks what happened. Maya tells her that she was right. She's a stupid little girl who can't handle anything. Um, She tells her what happened at the club and the mom's mad with her. 
Uh, Mom comforts her and agrees to support her in playing at the club. She won't let people tear Maya down. But let's just make a note that what the mom says is that you need to show them that how they treated you is not okay. Hashtag not okay. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Did her mom inspire her to write the song that she She sings? Y'all didn't notice that? Yes. She literally said, you need to show them that what they did was not okay. I just, I really liked it when Maya was throwing all the photos away and her mom comes in so enraged because that was 29 cents a print at Target (laughs) and says, whoa, what the heck is going on here? Like, oh my God, mommy's pissed. Yeah. But then when Maya is like crying and like, oh, they said I was on my period. Mama Matlin is like, nobody puts baby in a corner. We are going back to that dive bar and we are going to show them, show them. (laughs) I mean, I I kind of related to her because she didn't even rip the pictures up. She just like took them and put them in a trash bag. She knew they were coming out later. I mean, at some point, sure. But like it reminded me of me when I was in middle school. And I remember one time (laughs) I was really upset in middle school and I remember putting on Papa Roach, my Papa Roach CD. <laughs> I cut my life into pieces. And I was like throwing stuff in my room, but I also <laughs> didn't want to break anything. So I was only throwing stuffed animals because I was like, I'm not trying to cause any damage, but I really want to throw something. Oh my God. I one time like threw some, I, I tried to throw something in a fit of rage one time and I just kind of wound up lightly tossing it. <laughs> So I was like, I don't want to break it. <laughs> I, I actually broke stuff, so I don't know what you guys. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Bethany. I was like the totally like I don't know chilled out version of you. Yeah. Like I remember. <laughs> I mean, this is you might want to cut this later. I'm not sure. Okay. But I remember when I attempted to cut myself, but I took a push pin and I just kind of scratched my arm. Yeah. I didn't even bleed. Like I just kind of made some scratches, and I was like, I think that's enough. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> You weren't you weren't listening to break stuff. You were listening to Papa Roach. So you were throwing stuffed animals. I know. Mom found my like cutting supplies once and she like took them and like put them on the windowsill behind the kitchen sink. (laughs) What? As if that would keep you from getting them? I don't know. Then she just left it. Like, she never talked to me about it or anything. She was oh, just God. like, these go here now. Jeez. I, I just I just broke another razor and just used, like, come on. <laughs> I was like, well, Mom, you didn't take away my thumbtacks. <laughs> here comes another depressive episode. God. Like, Mom, I can just use my car keys. Come on. it's I, I'm going to use, I'm going to use uh, Ellie's protractor or no it was her compass <laughs> yeah i had i had like diet depression <laughs> <laughs> i just love how quick the mom does a 180 like they were picking on you well let's show them let's get them right. oh yeah and and maya she was like you were right mom i'm just a stupid little girl and it was like but she didn't say that like she did call you a little girl right but she didn't call you a stupid little girl like yeah like the mom literally was like little girl yes stupid no well, then she's like, just like that guy at the bar said. Like, that guy at the bar just said you were on your period. Like, literally, <laughs> that's all he said. Oh, yeah. She's menstrual. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at the restaurant. BJ's still talking nerd shit. Oh, all about his sore fingers. His what? He kept, he was like, my fingers are so sore. <laughs> I guess he was probably blowing someone's mind with the fingering. I know. I was, it creeped me out. I wonder if fingering is what you could call a... Playing video games, fingering. I mean, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> I'm just fingering my video game. I don't know. How it you're... just, it makes, it makes me think of Welcome to the Dollhouse oh, when um, 
they the guy tells Dawn that like the guy she likes was finger banging some girl, yes. and then the next time she sees <laughs> she the goes, guy, she's like, "Do you do you see my fingers? <laughs> what does she say about it? Yes, like, do you want to see my fingers? <laughs> do you want to see my fingers? Like, like has no idea what finger banging is, but like I don't know the fingers. I don't yeah, know. so VJ is talking video games. Tristan is not paying attention. He's just staring at Miles and Esme, who are conveniently like right in his line of view. Like, why didn't he have VJ sit on that right. side? <laughs> I love the part when VJ's like, is there someone else? As Tristan's like longingly looking over his shoulder at Miles. Right. Maybe. He's like, no, it's not, it's not you, it's me. Like, mm. Yeah. So Tristan starts has to let VJ down gently. Because he's not over Miles, it's really obvious, and it's not really fair to lead VJ on. That was the perfect opportunity for Tristan to make Miles jealous. Right. Having like, I feel like most people would have been like, oh, perfect, my ex is here and I'm on a date. I'm doing good. But like, he was like, no, I, I, as I see Miles in the background, I know that I can't lead you on, VJ. <laughs> well, because he, he said that like VJ reminds him of Fat Tristan. Right. And so I think he's feeling like I need to treat VJ better yeah. than, than Miles treated me when I was like young and naive and didn't know how relationships really worked. Right. We're actually seeing like, a nice side of Tristan again. I'm glad that little, you know, little baby Tristan is still inside there. Because <laughs> fat Tristan ate him. Oh, <laughs> love fat Tristan. So yeah, Tristan does the whole, it's not you, it's me. And VJ is like, you're damn right, it's you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he can't wrap his head around it. He thinks they're so cute together. And that Tristan is throwing away power couple status. Mm-hmm. Um, because Tristan is too busy thinking with his ding dong. Oh my God. I love that he said ding dong. (laughs) He's like, no, I'm breaking up with you. I've already changed our relationship status. And I'm like, they had changed their relationship status prior to this. (laughs) Like they were already boyfriends. Yeah. That was literally only the second date. I think they'd, they'd probably change it to fingering. And then like, so now they changed it back to like nothing. Currently fingering (laughs) back, back, uh, back in the day when Facebook is like, how are you doing? Fingering. Fingering. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think this is good because like Tristan is I don't know, showing his like human side again. He'd been kind of like kind of annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. Kind of rude. <laughs> All right. So we're back at the trap door. Uh, Tristan and Zoe are sitting at the bar. At the bar. They're like 16. I got questions. And uh, they're waiting for the band to play. Tristan explains the breakup to Zoe, and Zoe thinks Miles is just messing with him. Zoe shows Tristan a shirtless pic and basically tells him to have some casual fun with randos on Tinder. That sounds very uh, safe. <laughs> I'm still right? saying that she, like, because he's like, abs? Absolutely. Like, so the joke was about abs. Yeah. And I was like, that just looks like a skinny boy. That doesn't <laughs> look like this dude is, like, ripped. So Maya introduces the band and explains that she's grateful to get a second chance. Douchelard number four yells... I'll take a second chance on you, sweetheart. Oh, that guy. And Maya points to her mom like, say it to her, pal. This is a convenient introduction to her new song about harassment called Cat Calls Are Not Okay. <laughs> to the cover, <laughs> I'm Not Okay by My Chemical Romance. That's, I, the whole time I'm watching this episode, I keep thinking of My Chemical Romance. <laughs> um, I think more than just being like, my mom's here, she could be like, I'm 16. Right? <laughs> you fucking creep. Right? But so the song is like pretty cheesy, I think. 
But Zig loves it and he's like doing a little jig and the audience loves it. Oh my God. His dance. <laughs> he's so into I it. I love it too. Like, I mean, it's getting, it kept getting stuck in my head. Hey, I said no way. <laughs> I mean, it was good. For right? me, it's up there. It's up there with you took my heart and you tore it in half. What, how, what was that? Um, you took my childhood, my heart, and my life. I'm not your poor thing. Oh my God. Yes. That was the best. Yeah. yeah. It took me it's back good. to that personally. <laughs> Uh, the best part of the song, in my opinion, is when she self-censored the word shit. Yes. <laughs> I loved that. It's like, you're honestly, you're on Netflix. Like, you guys, you could have said shit. True. I mean, we all knew what it was. Yeah, but Maya's not like that. <laughs> I guess. But also, I really, like, when she started playing the song, like, when she was like, hey, it's not okay for you to do that. And here we go into my song. And again, the bar owner looked quite pleased. He, like, he loves was like, them. Yes. You keep schooling my asshole patrons (laughs) he's like a low-key feminist says like i need to get the creeps out of my bar yeah this was like a test (laughs) yeah he was like looking for the right girl band with real girl power i'm not your poor thing we were talking about this a little bit earlier about the guy yelling like oh take a second chance on you sweetheart like fully reminded me of when I used to go pick up takeout for our dad, and this is not when I was a teenager, this is when I was an adult, but it still was <laughs> creepy as hell. Like, you, you know, I'd go to pick up dad, his ancho salmon from Chili's, because he's obsessed with it, and I would go, you'd have to go into the Chili's bar, and there would always be like, you know. The just, dregs of society. <laughs> I mean, who hangs out, you know, at like a chain restaurant bar on like a Tuesday night? Right. Especially when there are tons of bars in town. Yeah. Like, there's not a shortage of You know what? The guy probably just wanted a Corona Rita. Can we get the guy a break? (laughs) Well, listen. Okay, so I'd be picking up dinner. My favorite, like, there would always be a guy, like, trying to, like, talk to me in a creepy way or, like, creepily hit on. Like, I, you know what? I'm getting takeout for my, like, 68-year-old father. Like, just leave me alone. (laughs) You really should have pulled a Maya and pointed at dad and been like, Dad's in the car. That's not okay. My dad's right there. He's out in the car. He's out in the car. I don't leave him alone in the car. He might wander. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, like, this one time, like, the, the bartender handed me my food over the bar, and this guy is like, Oh, that smells really good. You can cook me dinner anytime. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I, you're at Chili's right now. Like, if this smells good, they will get you a menu. Like, you can order your own ancho salmon. I am not the gatekeeper of the ancho salmon. Like, see this lady that just handed it to me? You chat with her, she'll get you some. And I'm wondering, like, what alternate universe does this guy live in where, like, I would look at him and be like, really? Well, here's dinner. Let's go to your place and screw. Like, (laughs) uh, is that something you're not supposed to do? (laughs) I never understand what they're thinking when they do things. Like, you really think this is going to work? I think that's a thing, though, is that they know it's not going to. And it's like just throwing things at a wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's like part of it is that whole power thing. Right. Is that, like, they know that we can't really do anything about it because of because of social norms. Like, what's the worst is going to happen? Mm-hmm. It's already set up for me to, I can be a creep and she's not going to say anything about it. Oh, yeah. Because the worst they're going to get is like the awkward, like, gribbis smile right. where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to go. But not anymore. Uh. That's not okay. My mom's right there. Now I know that song. Now I'm going to bring a picture of my dead mother <laughs> to Chili's when I go to pick up my takeout. And if that guy or any guy tries to talk to me, I'm going to be like, hold up. And I'm going to bring out her picture and be like, my mom's right there. In my heart. Say it to 
Say it to her. I I actually would like love for you to do that because I just want to know how someone would react to that. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I can't date because my mom is dead, so therefore she's everywhere watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should literally like post, just point to something and like the ghost of my mom is right there. Do you think <laughs> like, do you think I could sneak a picture of mom like onto the wall at Chili's and like maybe if I put it up high, they couldn't reach it to get it down? <laughs> See, I think I look like, what I'm imagining is like me being in bed with a dude and then just in the middle of it, he's like, you seem distant. And I'll be like, I just, I feel like my mom's watching us. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> I'm creeped out. You need to stop. Because uh, my roommate does think that our apartment's haunted and possibly by my mom. If mom was haunting your apartment, then like constantly you would feel this presence that was like, show less cleavage. <laughs> I mean. Because that's all she ever wanted that's for true. you. That's true. That really is all she ever wanted for me. Like. Well, you know, she wanted me to finish my bachelor's degree, and I didn't do that either, so. <laughs> I'm a slut. You're stupid. Yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we cut to a phone call between Shay and Lola. Oh, this broke my heart. Yeah. They're talking about Tiny, and Shay kind of seems like she's trying to convince herself that dating Tiny is a bad idea. Lola asks if Shay is totally over him, to which she says yes. Then Lola reveals that Tiny has asked her on a date, and she wants to say yes. She's super into him and has been for a while. She only didn't go for him before because of Shay. So Shay says to go ahead, but she clearly isn't cool with it. And she starts crying when um, they hang up. I'm so sad. Aww. Like it was a really good acting moment where Lola's like, you're the best. And she's like, gets off the phone. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the best. I'm like, oh, Shay. I definitely, I felt that. I so related to that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I I can't necessarily think of a time that like a friend was like, oh, I know you like that guy, but do I have permission to go for it? But I will say that like nine times out of 10, if a boy I liked was talking to me, it was to be like, do you think your friend likes me? Can I get her number? Oh. Like, and I'd be like, yeah. Oh. And like would coach them on like how to impress my friend. Yeah, see, I've kind of lucked out in the in the friend department. I mean, what they say that the best relationships are having the same taste in alcohol, but different taste in men. <laughs> and uh, that's, I mean, it's been true for me. Like, yeah. like luckily, because I remember when you know when I was living in New Hampshire and hanging out with Anna, you know. Um, my best friend, who also has a podcast called Professional Friends. Everyone should check that out. It's really good. Um, but, like, we'd be hanging out and everyone would be hitting on her. Uh, but luckily, her and I have such a different opinion on dudes that, right. like, even now, it's like, if a dude is hitting on her, I'm like, yeah, that's not my type anyways. I'm good. And so, you know, same on her. So You know, you've totally described me and Alyssa's relationship we both love G&Ts, and we both love very different types of men. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's the same with, like, me and Marianne, too. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. We're vodka soda gals, and then it's she is, like, give me the vegan bearded runner. Right. And I'm, like, I well, I like the beard port part, but, uh. <laughs> yeah. I like the uh, scrawny, boyish good looks. <laughs> and uh, she loves kind of, like. Like, uh, more like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not emaciated? Not emaciated. <laughs> <laughs> she likes a dad bod? I like a dad bod. 
I like a dad bod. But she also likes, you know, beards and stuff. Like, I don't like beards. You don't like beards? I love beards. No. Bethany, what do you feel about beards? I do like beards. And Greg never has a beard. Well, he, so he, he's tried a few times, but then it gets to the phase where it starts to itch and he's like, I gotta shave it. But he will, like, like, he also, like, he's not, he's not super meticulous about, like, shaving his face either. So, like, Usually on like Monday morning, he's clean shaven. And then like by Friday, he's got like a mini beard. Mm-hmm. And then like, because he's like not about that life to like get up every morning and be like, I have to shave my face. Yeah, I hear that. I don't shave anything. <laughs> I, li- I like I like Greg with some scruff. Mm. A little, I like, I'm the type, I like a little scruff or a little stubble. But yeah, once it gets to like. Like I don't want like a ZZ top beard, right? but like. No, I, I just like, I've never really been. Into into beards. I've always been into like clean shaven or a little stubble and like yeah. I feel like I feel like before I met Greg, my now husband, my type was like dudes who treated me like garbage. Right. <laughs> it, it wasn't a it wasn't beard or no beard. It was like, do you treat me like shit? Perfect. <laughs> do you yeah, right? Do you act like you're very uninterested in me and then tell me that I come on way too strong? Oh, I love that. <laughs> Greg liked Greg likes that I come on too strong because he is very shy and reserved. Exactly. And so for someone to like come up to him and be like, hi, I love you. We're dating now. He's like, okay, sweet. Like, I don't need to do anything. I can't wait to do the same thing to Greg and then break up your marriage. <laughs> like, Bethany laid out the plans. I know exactly how to get you, Greg. I was very, when he and I were first dating I or well no before we were dating when I was trying to figure out if he liked me or not I like had a hard time because he's like super nice to everyone right and so it was like oh (laughs) does he like me or is he just being polite he has a crush on that male bartender like he tipped Greg, really well. Yeah. It was like, ooh, he's like nice. He like, I don't know. He's being really nice to me, but he also is like nice to women and does right. this weird thing where he <laughs> respects them as human beings. That is weird. And so that's new. That's different. Who does that? Yeah. I'm I'm also generally like it's weird because in high school, like, again, I had no game. And then once I got bangs. Suddenly the boys came running. Yeah, the bangs made <laughs> you, you look good with bangs. I need bangs because I have a five head. You are banging. <laughs> That's when Jesse was like, bang, bang into the room. You know you want to bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so anyways, I suddenly like had game. Or at least had bangs. And then I became like really assertive with men. Like I was the one who saw Johnny and was like, ooh. <laughs> And like went for him. Uh, and he was like, she bangs, she bangs. <laughs> um, my ex-boyfriend, yeah, I I approached him. At, like we would talk at work and I would like flirt with him. And then finally I'm like, let's go do something, you know. <laughs> uh, like, I, yeah, I definitely like have a tendency, like us in the family, like how we kind of are is the loud women. women. The quiet men, like shy men. We so do. like I had to like be assertive because most of my boyfriends have either been trash like Beth's Beth's or, um, you know, not very assertive. I mean, I'm using the term loosely because like guys who I would like, you know, have like go on some dates with were always. Well, those weren't my boyfriends that were trash. I never got as far as having a boyfriend. I just had, I had, I had a series of guys who would make out with me, but then when I'd be like, so do you like me? They'd be like, uh, oh. don't, I don't think so. And I'd be like, then could you stop making out with me? Oh my God. And they said, I'll try. I'll try to stop making out. That was a thing. That was a thing that somebody said. 
I'm still in my trash phase. So. <laughs> I'll let you guys know when I'm out of that. I just hit 30, so, you know. Me and my boyfriend are just trash together. That's You're trash in complimentary we ways. That's all I want. I just want somebody who's, you know, they're a little bit. I'm a little bit country. And I'm a trifle bit rock and roll. Rock and roll, and I'm a little <laughs> bit white trash. So, yeah, this is this is uh, the end of the episode. I really did not pick up on any, like, universal theme besides, like, two of the stories were kind of like double standards misogyny, but I just didn't know how Tristan's storyline fit with the other Tristan two. just does his own thing and he does not follow rules. <laughs> he was given notes on what the theme was and he said, F it. <laughs> now I'm not sure if they actually like have themes. <laughs> that sounds about right. Questioning your whole existence. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, oh, they're like really going hard. These are all like related. It's great. In this one, I'm just like, I don't know. I guess we'll find like, out. Like maybe like prejudice, like- uh, against women, and then in the case of VJ, prejudice against tenth graders. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we all know we all know how tenth graders can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know their oomph chat. Mm, we know how that is. Every time they referred to him as a tenor, I thought it was like a choir reference, <laughs> and like you're looking for like a bass or an alto. Bethany, he clearly said he was an alto. Did you watch the episode? Oh, yeah. No, but they kept calling him a tenor. <laughs> he's a tenor, but he's an alto. I'm an alto, too. Me, too. So oh my he God. and I are compatible. You and Vijay are the same person. Is that how that – I think I am. I'm him. I'm Vijay. <laughs> is it – okay, but if his name is Vijay – It's not. <laughs> I know it's not. But I'm just saying, I was trying to go back to the theme. Oh. <laughs> because it's it's discrimination against people who have Vijays or are Vijays, <laughs> I think, is the, the underlying theme of the episode. Oh, God. The underlying theme of the episode is my Vijay's painting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vijay was painting when Tristan tried to break up with him. Oh. It's just, it's Vijays that are in pain. Oh, it's, yeah, painful. I think, yeah, I think the 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 theme this week is painful, pain, painful vijays. I guess, like, Maya was supposedly on her period. So. That can cause a very painful vijay. She had a painful vijay. So what was Shay's painful vijay? Well, her vijay that, like, her vijay wanted tiny, but then, like, her brain was like, I don't know if this is right for us. Her vijay said yes, but her head said no. Yeah. But so, yeah, um, in general, like, I don't know. It was definitely another like kind of good topic. They tackled sexism, lots of double standards. And I definitely like related to this a lot. I mean, I didn't tell many stories, but like, I don't know. I I don't know what woman hasn't been in positions like this where like a man comes over and like explains to you your own job. That doesn't know? happen like, to me a lot, but that's because I, I do women's work. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, I was always in male dominated fields and... I used to work on short films and stuff like that. Now I'm, I just edit video, but I used to like be in the production side of things. When I used to, yeah, when I was first starting out working on set I, as a PA, they would always give me the girl jobs. Like I would go fetch the food. I would, you know, or make the, make the craft table look nice or des- decorate the set, do costuming. They would always like try to, put me in this box of like what I was allowed to do as a woman. And it was like really hard for women, I thought, to get recognition and to get like good positions. And, you know, I saw very few women doing the camera, you know, directing. Like it was very rare to see women in those roles. And so, you know, I definitely like can relate to that 
attempt to, you know, do something that you love and do something you're passionate about that you know about, that you studied, all that stuff, and to have, like, men kind of just show up and be like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, I felt that way about, like, uh, like my Facebook status that I made a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that was, like, a joke about pop punk bands and how I was, like, every pop punk, every pop punk song from the mid-2000s is about a boy being upset that the girl he likes for shallow reasons doesn't like him back for shallow reasons. Right. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. And I had multiple dudes being like, no, what about this song? And like- Not all men. Yeah. And like in the aftermath of it, I was like, the status was welcome to my TED Talk, which means sit the fuck down and listen to me. I'm an expert. It wasn't, this is my status, change my mind meme. Like the, yeah. that was not, that was not the status. It was- you're sitting down. You paid to be in the audience. Shut the fuck up. I'm the expert. Right. I'm the captain now. But people were still like, she's talking about white men. Oh, I need to express my opinion. White men are so persecuted. <laughs> I was like literally just having one of these talks the other day. I was, I went to blocking. I sent you guys in the group chat. The guy who was like, there's no such thing as rape culture and no such thing as toxic masculinity. Oh and my God. Total, yeah. like I was a, uh, it was a post that just mentioned the words toxic masculinity and rape culture. And these people just came in totally misrepresenting what that means, first of all, which is like very common and taking it so personally. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't taught to rape. It's like, yeah, your mom didn't sit you down and say, go rape women, <laughs> but you got a lot of messages from society about consent and about things that, like, you know, being dominant, you know. Like in the last episode. She'll say yes if you give her a few drinks. Right. Like She'll say yes if you wear her down. mm -hmm. It's a society thing. It's not like one person, like your teacher told you. It's like. Yeah. I feel like it's. It's a larger aspect of the culture. So the tricky thing about rape culture that I feel like a lot of people who think it doesn't exist like miss is that like, yes, yes, we all agree that rape is bad. Right. Mm -hmm. The, the problem lies in what is considered rape. Right. Because like a lot of people who don't believe that rape culture is a thing, don't believe that date rape is a thing. Oh yeah. Don't believe that spousal rape is a thing. And you know, like, and spousal rape was legal up until what the eighties you could rape your wife. Yeah. It's definitely in some countries and I'm, for some reason, I think it might be in some states here, but I'm not positive. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I yeah, I would have to look it up for sure, but I I kind of think it is in some states still still not illegal to rape your wife. Like if you're married, then that and there's a lot of people who are like don't understand the concept of coercion. Yeah, like they don't understand that if you ask a woman a hundred times to sleep with you and she finally says yes, mm. that is not a yes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that is a you've worn me down. I can't fight anymore. Like, well, and it's geez. yeah, like because everything that is is you know really it's kind of like almost romanticized right. in the media. Mm-hmm. The idea of like. That, you know, guys want sex and women don't. And so to show a girl that you really like her, you just have to keep wearing her down and then she'll begrudgingly have sex with you. Mm -hmm. And like that's not – That's not consent. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like women women do like sex when they want to have it. Right. (laughs) That doesn't mean they like sex with you specifically <laughs> because you said hi to them. Mm-hmm. If it's not an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. I mean, and that's, again, like as a mom, like that. me and Marshall talk about consent all the time and not in a sexual way, but just in a, 
you know, hey, do you want to give that person a hug? If you don't, you can give them a wave or a high five instead. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, if if I tell you that I don't want you to touch me like that, you have to stop. If you tell me that you don't want me to touch you like that, I have to stop. Right. There's no sexual connotation about it. It just is like – It's teaching it on, on a fundamental level. And I feel like for so long, kids really aren't taught uh, like to have their own autonomy. Oh, yeah. You know, I wasn't taught – I was just like – this is, you know, this is, it is what it is. Yeah. No, and we're we're big on, Greg and I are big on uh, um, body autonomy with him. Sometimes it backfires when it's like, you need to hold my hand in the parking lot. And he's like, I don't like it when you touch me like that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but I'm. I'm stopping you from getting hit by a car. So right. like like explaining to him that like sometimes <laughs> grownups have to touch you in a way that you don't want to like stop you from dying. Right. But like in general. <laughs> I hate that. Like I want to like some of the kids I babysit like this one two year old she's wants to do everything herself and she goes I do it. I do it. And I'm like <laughs> I understand that you can you can do a lot of things but like the way you are climbing into that high chair right now is screaming <laughs> you are about to fall off. Like this is physically really hard for you to get yourself into this high chair and I really don't want you to crack your skull open. So scream at me some more. I do it. I do it. <laughs> I'm like I, I know. I know. But uh, there's also like this thing about Rape culture when people are like, people don't want to accept that like the average person can rape somebody. They There's this theory called the slavering or slavering beast theory, which is that like the only type of monster people will accept is like, you know, the stranger that jumps out of the bushes or. Oh, yeah. But not that it's your neighbor or your right, friend they fear or the unknown or, or someone, someone that you like and someone that has some great redeeming qualities. Right. Still rape somebody. Can still rape somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a great article. Just Google Slavering Beast. It's like it's a it's a website that has a couple good um, articles. Also, like the concept of the missing stare. um this like dangerous thing that like everybody knows is going on, but nobody stops it. Like everyone just ignores the problem and like thinks that uh, like everybody knew kind of like if, if you get hurt by them, it's kind of your fault because you should have known better because everybody knows, but nobody talks about it. They just know to avoid the danger and like stuff like that. But anyways, um, Mm. So yeah, like a lot of people don't think that the average, like someone, if you, if you've been nice to anyone in your whole life, it's like you couldn't have raped somebody. Like the only people who are rapists are actual monsters, you know, with no redeeming qualities. That's what I really liked about um, last week's episode, actually, was like how the interaction with, with Zig and Maya, where at first he was like being told by his friend, like, well, but you have to be more forceful. Like Mm -hmm. that's what you're supposed to do. And so then he tried, but then, like, when his girlfriend pushed back, he, like, kind of realized, like, you know, like, wait a minute, that's not, that doesn't feel right either. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to be having sex with someone who's clearly not enjoying it. Right. But it definitely, I think, showed how, like, the average person could do something really horrendous and Mm -hmm. not, like, I don't want to say not realize it because it makes them sound like not guilty at all and like you should have realized it but like I don't know I think it just it really spoke to me about like how our culture creates this issue Mm -hmm. and how the way how the way we talk to our little boys and talk to our teenagers Mm -hmm. and talk to our adult men like how that allows women to be mistreated right 
Um, so yeah, this conversation that I was having just a couple days ago, yeah, it kind of devolved into that. And it's like, I'm sitting there telling these men, like, listen, I know what I'm talking about. I've literally like been in these situations. These things have affected me on a personal level my entire life. Like I've I'm watched a woman. this play out for, you know, my whole life. And these guys are coming in like, that's just not real. I, I wouldn't do, you know, like, it's just incredibly frustrating. Well, I wouldn't do it so it doesn't happen. It's never happened to me, right. so it doesn't happen. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Beth. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been good talk, good talk. And thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to submit an It Goes There story, especially if it relates to next week's episode, write us at a social disease podcast at gmail.com with the subject line, It Goes There. Also, make sure to follow us on across social media at A Social Disease. So make sure you tune in next week and listen <laughs> when we discuss hashtag, but that's none of my business. And once again, we're your hosts, Jesse Mack and Carly Joe Gear. And this has been A Social Disease Podcast. Thanks for listening.